I'm Brooks Gray, and you're listening to Accidental Theology, a podcast where we discuss theology and worship. Today we're going to discuss Jesus' statement about true worshipers worshiping in spirit and truth. Welcome back and happy Valentine's Day. Today's episode is sponsored by love. That came across a lot more awkward than I thought it would have in my head when I was saying it. But anyway, thanks for being here. Today, we're going to be discussing worshiping in spirit and in truth. And we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, The scripture I'm going to be talking from is found in John chapter 4. Starts in verse twenty-one. Well, it actually starts before that, but uh, the the area where we're going to focus starts in verse twenty-one and goes through verse twenty-four. And I just want to start off by reading this scripture. It simply says this: Jesus said to her, "He's talking to." Let me give a little backstory behind this before I just jump into it. This is the Samaritan woman, the woman at the well. Uh, most most uh, church going. Christians know this story or know about this story, so I'm not going to get into like a lot of significant details why he was here, all that stuff. But I just want to focus on this one statement. So in verse 21, John chapter 4, Jesus says this. He said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews." But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. So to quickly summarize what's going on here. um, In those days, worship had, had become pretty much a geographically localized event. So the mindset was... You need to go to a certain place at a certain time to be able to meet and worship with God. Now, if that sounds a little bit familiar, it's because I believe that a lot of followers today are falling back into that same trap. That go to church on this day or that day. Make sure you're there. If you miss too many days of church, it's not a good thing. God won't love you as much. So it's it's eerily similar now than I think it probably was back in Jesus' time. But the point I want to get to is this. True worship doesn't need a location or a building. And here's what's interesting. If you take a look at Matthew chapter 12, you'll see Jesus make a very interesting statement. And it, it's found in Matthew twelve six. But I'll, I just want to read starting in verse 1. He says, or Matthew says this, At that time Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. So he said to them, he being Jesus, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry, and those who were with him? How he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which it was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? And here is the key verse, verse 6, Matthew 12. I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, 
quote, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, end quote, you would not have condemned the guiltless, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. So Jesus and his disciples were being criticized by Pharisees because of what they did, uh, what was supposedly unlawful actions on the Sabbath, according to the traditions that had been set up by the Jewish leaders. And Jesus quickly begins to turn it back around on them. And that's when he says in verse six, I tell you something greater than the temple is here. Now, very quickly in an oversimplified version, what did the temple represent? Well, it was the place to meet God. That was, you know, when the Jews set up the temple, that was the idea. They they could go here and offer sacrifices and, and offerings and, and, base, and, in a sense, meet with God. So what Jesus is saying, something greater than the temple is here. Jesus was fulfilling the role of the temple. He is fulfilling the role of the temple. He is the way to meet God. So when we talk about worshiping in spirit, um, very quickly, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, uh, Paul was writing, and he said, Whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. In Colossians, it says as well that uh, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God in whatever you do. In word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So as believers, as worshipers, everything we do in every moment we do it is an act of worship. So when Jesus is Lord of your life, every decision, every thought, every motive is a reflection of how much you love your King. Now that's not to say that your standing with God is determined by what you do or you uh, don't do, but in everything that we do, whether we're speaking or serving or working, we are to do it in a way that's honoring to God and do it in the name of Jesus. And that's what it means to worship in spirit. We offer to God the whole of our lives with the understanding that, that everything we do, it's an act of giving worth to God. So I'll ask the question I asked last week. What is God worth to you? How are you giving him worth in your life? And when you talk about worshiping in truth, uh, throughout history, humanity has, meant, ha- has had many different ways of attempting to worship many different gods. And when you're talking about truth, you can't have something be true and by default not be exclusive. Because by definition, if something is true, that means some things are going to be false there would be no truth and there would be no falsehoods. So by Jesus stating that God is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and truth, it's implied that there are false ways to worship God. And we talked a couple of weeks ago, I think it was uh, the first, the part one of what is worship, and we talked about unacceptable worship um, in the Bible. Uh, In a sense, um, that's an act of false worship because though you may be attempting to worship the true God, you're doing it in a manner that's not only unacceptable, but it's rejected by him. So worshiping in truth means that we do so confirming biblical commands uh, and at the same time rejecting those things that violate God's desires and break his heart. 
And so when Jesus made the statement that the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, he goes on to say that we we have we basically have to because God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. We can't look at a location um, or a specific time and, and say this is the time and the date to meet with God. So what Jesus is saying here is is very very powerful um, when he says that the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. That, that man, that's huge. The, the true worshipers. So there are those that will attempt worship, that will try to do their own thing. That it's not really honoring to God. God is not accepting that and and loving that. So there's a way that we worship that is true worship. And then he says the Father is seeking such people to worship him. So my question to you is, could you feel the role of one of those people that God is seeking, that God is is looking for to worship him in spirit and truth? Or do you find yourself sometimes placing a lot of boundaries and expectations on people um, just to, you know, sort of be judgmental and think, well, they're not living up to God's standards and they're not doing this and they should be doing this at that time. And you know, I can't believe they're going here on a Sunday when they should be at church. Yes, it's important to meet together. Yes, it's important to come together as a body of believers. But true worship doesn't just happen in our church on Sunday. True worship is something that happens, uh, as I mentioned earlier, every moment of every day. So be one of those people God is seeking for. Be one of those who learns what it means to worship in spirit and truth, knowing that uh, whether I'm at work or if I'm, uh, you know, out playing ball with friends or, or whatever it is I'm doing, everything I do is to bring honor and worth to God. And not only that, but when you worship, do so knowing that it's not okay to violate biblical commands. Um, you can't just live how you want to live and then think, well, I'm I'm going to try not to do that again, or and then the ne- very next day you do it, you keep doing it, you keep doing it, you keep doing it. At some point, there has to be a heart change, and you have to align your life with what Scripture teaches and what God desires and those things that He loves and is seeking after. So my encouragement to you is to, man, be bold, uh, be courageous, just like uh, God told Joshua, you know, be strong and of good courage in all that you do. And it can be hard. I know uh, I'm not, I'm not, you know, conducting this podcast from a, a place of, hey, I've got it all figured out. There are still times where, you know, I will, I struggle with a lot of this, placing um, unreal expectations on people and God, and coming up with my own uh, litmus test for what's a true worshiper or not. But I still struggle with that myself. But make it your aim, make it your goal to daily honor God and. You can start that by as soon as you wake up, first thing, you know, just praying and, and asking God to give you guidance through the day and, and helping you to be one of these people that that worships in spirit and truth, that no matter what situation may arise throughout the day, someone could look at your life or, or even more importantly, God can look at your life and say, that's my, that, that's my child and I'm proud of that. That's what I love. That looks like Jesus. So in all things be like Jesus. It's that simple. So I'm glad we got that that fixed. So that should fix all the world problems. Just be like Jesus. And while you're doing that, 
I hope you have a great week, weekend, whenever you're listening to this. Thank you so much for tuning in. Next week, I want to dive into a little bit of a different type of episode than what we've started off so far. I'm going to talk about outward expressions of worship. Is true worship always manifested outwardly? Can we tell when somebody's really worshiping? It should be interesting. Um, I hope you have a great weekend. Thanks for tuning in. God bless, and we will see you next week.